1: Welcome to The Dive. The podcast that asks, who said business news needs to be all business? I'm your host, Sash Kelly. Last month, Birkenstock IPO'd and it did not go well. In fact, one headline I read said, Birkenstock stumbles in underwhelming US market debut. Not nice. But why? It's a legacy company, it's a fashion icon, and most importantly, it's profitable. It's Wednesday, the 18th of October, and today I want to know, why did Birkenstock's IPO get off on the wrong foot? To talk about this today, I'm joined by my colleague and the co-founder of Equity Mates. It's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive.
0: Sasha, see what you did there. Very, <laughs> very nice. Um, I'm way too proud to of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do you own a pair of Birkenstocks? That's obviously going to be the first question.
0: I do. I own a pair and my partner owns four pairs. Wow. So I think most people own a pair of Birkenstocks these days. Do you know
1: what? I don't. And it's ever since this chat has got out there, I'm like, I've got to go invest in the actual shoe.
0: As someone who's moved to Kuji about a year ago, I can report from the front lines that Birkenstocks are dominating uh, thongs or flip-flops as they're known overseas in the beach footwear wars of 2023. (laughs) It's, uh, It's not even close at this point.
1: Well, I know everyone who owns a pair loves them. So that's basically all I know about the shoe. I have no idea about the backstory. Can you fill me in?
0: Yeah, it's a pretty fascinating company. It's a company that was founded in 1774. Next year, it turns 250 years old.
1: Really old shoes.
0: Yeah, didn't realize that. Pretty amazing. But let's start at the beginning. Let's start at Wikipedia, as all good research projects do. First sentence from Wikipedia, Birkenstock's Holding PLC is a German shoe manufacturer known for its sandals and other shoes notable for contoured cork footbeds made with layers of suede and jute, which conform to the shape of their wearer's feet. But as I said, Sasha, a really long history. Founded in Germany in 1774, by 1925, it was sold all over Europe, 1966- They were first brought to America where they were sold in health food stores. And that really gave them the association with hippies in the 1970s. -hmm. And that's kind of how I guess I was introduced to Birkenstocks growing up. At least that's how we sort of saw them in TV and stuff like that. But that hippie association really started to drift by the 1990s where they started to become associated with high fashion. In the 1990s, Kate Moss started wearing Birkenstocks and she made them quite a fashionable item amongst young Gen Xs. I think footwear is key. And then in the early 2000s, it was Gwyneth Paltrow who uh, was wearing them. And this sort of high fashion association has led to a number of brand collaborations with luxury names such as Dior, Manalo Blahnik, and Valentino. Uh, And we've also seen variants of Birkenstocks from labels like Celine and Givenchy. Apologies if I mispronounced any of those names. It's
1: pretty close, Givenchy. Nice. Pretty close. Everyone is wearing them again. The cork footbed, the suede upper, the extra round toe. It could only be the Birkenstock Boston. And it's the hottest shoe on the internet right now.
0: Here's a fun fact for you, Sasha, probably because of the high fashion associations. Mm -hmm. As of 2023, 72% of Birkenstocks customers are female.
1: Wow. That's pretty surprising, actually.
0: And uh, speaking of fun facts, Steve Jobs, he loved Birkenstocks, certainly more the hippie association than the high fashion association. But in 2022... A pair of Birkenstocks owned and worn by the Apple co-founder was sold at auction. What do you think they went for? How much do you think someone bid for a pair of Steve Jobs' old shoes?
1: Ah, uh, like 50 grand.
0: Come on, Sasha. 50 grand. <laughs> Yeah, Collectors I think mean, that's items. a lot
1: to spend on a pair of badge old Snelly shoes.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, 220000 US what? dollars for a pair of Birkenstocks worn by Steve Jobs in the 70s and the 80s.
1: Birkenstock sandals that graced the feet of late Apple co-founder Steve Jobs. They've just been sold at auction. The buyer, who is undisclosed, paid over $218,000 for the footwear, which Auction House Julian says is the highest paid for a pair of sandals. Steve Jobs reportedly wore the sandals during key moments in Apple's history, including when helping found the company in a California garage. That's too much money to be spending on shoes.
0: I wonder what you do with them. Like, do you put do you frame them and put them on the mantle or do you wear them?
1: Exactly. And how do you take care of them?
0: Conversation for another day. Yeah. So Birkenstock in 2021 was then bought by Private Equity. El Catterton is the private equity firm. It's a firm backed by Bernard Arnault. For people who aren't familiar with that name, he is the founder of LVMH, Mm -hmm. the luxury goods giant, the second most valuable company in Europe. And Bernard, at least earlier this year, was the wealthiest man in the world. He overtook Elon Musk. Haven't looked at that leaderboard lately, but he is, you know, a hundred billionaire. His private equity firm bought Birkenstocks in a deal that valued the company at about 4 billion euros. So pretty massive in terms of, shoe businesses around the world and as we close out the history we can't go past the barbie bump that birkenstocks enjoyed this year sales have been boosted of late after birkenstocks appeared in the barbie movie which i'm sure most people listening have seen
1: i think weird barbie sports them for a little while you can go back to your regular life or you can know the truth about the universe the choice is now yours the first one the high heel You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. So, earlier this year, I guess a year before it turns 250, which seems like a long time to wait, it decides to IPO.
0: Yeah, that's right. Last month, in September 2023, Birkenstock filed for an initial public offering in the United States. The company listed on the New York Stock Exchange under the stock ticker BIRK. Now, the important thing to note here is that whilst it became a public company, The private equity firm, El Catterton, continues to be the controlling shareholder with 83% ownership.
1: Is that usual?
0: Uh, It's not usual, but it is done. Like it's not completely out of left field. You know, it's a way to provide some liquidity for investors and employees. It's a way for the private equity firm to realize some of the value that they've created, but still to maintain control and decision-making authority. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's happened here. 17% of the shares are publicly traded. You and I can buy them, but El Caterton still is the controlling shareholder. Okay. The company went public on the 11th of October. It raised 1.48 billion by selling the, you know, that 17% of its shares and it IPO'd at a value of 8.64 billion. billion.
1: $8.64 billion. That is a lot for a company that's basically cork shoes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But it's a pretty big company and it's a profitable company mm-hmm. and Excitingly for investors, it is a growing company as well. So, from their filings right before they IPO'd, they reported revenue and profit for the nine months ending June 30. Mm -hmm. This year, they sold 1.12 billion euros worth of shoes and made a profit of 103 million euros. And that was up from the prior nine months, like in the year before where they did 925 million euros in sales. They actually were more profitable last year though, 129 million euros. So growing sales, profitable, a few things investors like to see.
1: So a legacy company, profitable company, household name, but still the IPO did not go very well. Shares of Birkenstock continuing to fall today, just the latest in a series of recent IPOs that have struggled. Early performance suggests that they've been a bust. Birkenstock ended its first day off by more than 10% from that IPO price. Birkenstock shares ending more than 12% below its IPO price. Marking the worst debut by a company worth more than $1 billion in nearly two years.
0: Birkenstock shares sunk 13% on its first day of trading. And here's a record that they're not going to put up on their mantle. The German company's debut was the worst first day showing for an American listing of a $1 billion or more in over two years. Wow. Now, that's according to data from Bloomberg. Not great. Out of more than 300 U.S. IPOs of that size, over a billion dollars, in the past century, only 13 have fared worse. The last of those being App Loving Corp. Never heard of that yeah, company. I know my, not a household name. <laughs> I did look it up because I thought you'd ask. It's like a software development platform for game developers. Oh, okay,
1: well, sorry for them.
0: Yeah, so AppLovin closed 18.5% before its IPO price in April 2021. Birkenstock's fell 13%. Not a great first day. Yeah,
1: and I know on a recent episode of Equity Mates you guys were talking about like has the IPO window opened recently? We're a couple of weeks, almost a month on from that convo, I think. This is the fourth big IPO of this year in America and none of them have gone well.
0: Yeah, that's right. So of the four big IPOs that have really been spoken about this year, two are essentially flat and then two are down. So the semiconductor maker Arm, it IPO'd at $51. It's currently 52 So basically flat. Uh, and then Clavio, the uh, marketing platform, IPO'd at $30, currently $31. So, you know, kind of let's wait and see what happened. Instacart, the grocery delivery app, it IPO'd at $46. It's down to $25. So it's been the worst performer of the bunch. Uh, And then Birkenstock, as we spoke about, it IPO'd at a $46 share price. It's down to $38. So, you know, nothing catastrophic really aside from Instacart. But I think it's just going to make companies reconsider whether now is the right time to go public, because there certainly hasn't been a lot of early investor enthusiasm for these big IPOs.
1: Yeah. And enthusiasm is key sometimes, isn't it? We're going to take a break. But then when we get back, we're going to unpack the fact that there's a belief going around that the quality of Birkenstocks is about to get worse. German footwear brand Birkenstock is gearing up for an IPO. The company plans to offer 10.75 million shares, ranging from $44 to $49 a share. Now, this comes after a slew of other companies like Arm and Instacart have recently entered the market. Welcome back to The Dive. Today, we're talking about the recent Birkenstock's IPO, Alec With all this information, what actually went wrong? Why has their share price dropped?
0: Yeah, so two big reasons. First of all, the price of the IPO. And then secondly, the broader footwear market. Birkenstock originally pushed for a valuation more than six times its 2022 revenue. And that multiple six times sales is just not something the market is really willing to pay in 2023. It wasn't a totally unreasonable valuation from Birkenstock. Yeah. Back in 2021, companies went public with, you know, higher valuations. Just in the footwear space, Warby Parker, they went public at $4.5 billion, which was more than 11 times their sales. And Allbirds, another shoe company that went public in 2021, it went public at $2.2 billion, which was more than 10 times its sales. So Birkenstocks would have looked at that and said 11 times sales, 10 times to sales. Surely we could get away with six times sales. Uh, they couldn't because the market's appetite for valuation has changed massively. Let's look at Warby Parker. It's fallen from $4.5 billion valuation to $1.7 billion. Ooh, That's a so So it it's, uh, it's lost two-thirds of its value. But how about this one, Sasha? All Birds, $2.2 billion valuation at its IPO. It's down to $150 million. It's fallen 96% from its highs.
1: That's really nasty. So let's look at your second point then, Alec, which is just the general footwear market.
0: Yeah, so retailers generally are struggling because consumers are just spending less. Cost of living crisis, higher interest rates. It means more and more of our money is not going to discretionary purchases like shoes and instead is going to fuel and food and rent or mortgages. And so retailers are seeing higher levels of inventory as a result and that means that the whole supply chain is sort of, I guess, backing up a little bit. Suppliers are also dealing with higher inventory levels. It means that we're seeing you know, more discounting and, and just, um, yeah, it's a tough time for discretionary retail Nike, its share price is down 17% year-to-date, despite uh, relatively strong earnings recently. Adidas has trimmed its profit outlook multiple times in the past 18 months. And Foot Locker, the uh, big shoe retailer over in the US, has issued a warning about softer sales. So, footwear, it's its a tough time in the, the footwear game.
1: Yeah, indeed. So, Let's pick up that thread that I tossed out there just before the break, and that's the belief that the quality of stocks is about to get worse. Why Why do people think that?
0: Yeah, now this is just a theory at this point. We should be really clear, but uh, we thought it was a theory worth sharing because there's some historical precedent. There's a view generally that companies will list publicly and then face shareholder pressure to bump up the share price, to get financial returns and to make their books look really good early in their journey as a public company. And so the view is that companies will start to try and slash costs and increase prices to make their profit look really good. And part of that might often be to you know release products at lower price points, you know, less quality products at lower price points to try and do sales. It might mean, you know, finding cheaper factories or cheaper materials to lower production costs. It just might mean things that dilute the brand. That is the the concern generally when makers of high quality products become public companies.
1: Are there any examples of that happening with any other products?
0: Yeah, there's a few luxury brands that sort of are the the examples of this. Coach, the luxury brand, really saw its value tumble after it went public in 2000. And I was having a look at at its financials earlier. In 2012, it made $5 billion. Fast forward two years, its revenue was down to $4 billion. So sales were softening just because, you know, quality and brand perception kind of diminished. The same with Tiffany, the American jeweler. It also saw its revenue start to fall in 2015, even as the broader luxury industry grew. Industry analysts pointed to Tiffany's shift in focus away from the high-end jewelry market and towards sort of more entry-level jewelry markets to try and grow its sales with sort of new mm. uh, new customers that they weren't accessing before, but that diluted their brand in the luxury space. So, there's a few examples where luxury brands or high-quality brands have diluted themselves after going public. But Sasha, I want to put a caveat on this because that is the theory, but there's one really strong argument against this. Okay. There's one person and one company that knows luxury better than anyone else who has made an ungodly fortune from understanding how luxury brands operate. And that is Bernard Arnault and his family that he, you know, he created LVMH, he rolled up all these brands. For people unfamiliar, LVMH stands for Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy, and they own so many luxury brands.
1: I mean, just the names (laughs) in the title alone, you're like, it's a pretty good start.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And their private equity firm still owns 83% of Birkenstocks. Yeah. They're pretty long-term in their thinking. They understand luxury. They're not in the financial position to need to chase a quick win. They're, uh, (laughs) you know, they've they've got more than enough money to pay their bills. I wouldn't expect them to really dilute the quality of a product and a brand that they own.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, Alec. If you're going to back one person in the luxury market, it's him. Either way, though. I think it's time that I go buy a
0: pair of Birkenstocks, stocks. Just in case the quality diminishes.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's leave it there for today. A quick favour from me. I ask you every episode, but really it does make all the difference. Jump on your podcast player, give us a five-star review, write some nice words. That's all to say it just helps us get in front of new ears. Alec, thanks so much for joining me today on The Dive. Thanks, Sasha. I'll be back in your feeds on Friday. Until then. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services License 540697.